Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation broadcasting back here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. Of course, we are in the heart of everything. That's Clarendon. Back again for episode 231 of Pace the Nation. Uh, Great to have you joining us wherever you are listening, quarantined. I'm your host, Chris Farley. Back again with a full crew, excited to have across from me in studio, it's Julie Cully. Julie, what's up? Hey, it felt like a wind tunnel trying to get here today. (laughs) I don't know how we went back in time, back to like February, blistering weather, 30s. April showers bring May flowers, or March in like a lion, out like a lamb. What's what's middle April? Because we're broadcasting here on middle of uh, April 16th. Well, you said April showers. I mean, we have had a lot of rain. There's no wind in that, in those sayings. Well, no, like 30 degree temperatures too. I heard it's supposed to get pretty cold again tonight, so. Well, let's see where our uh, other co-host, let's see how the weather is on his side of the town. It's William E. Docks. Docks, what's up? Oh, that's a good point. Even though we all live in Arlington, the weather in my neighborhood is drastically different than the weather in your neighborhood. It is. You're in South Arlington. Yeah, See, now, I have six feet of snow now. <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting specific on where he lives. Look out here. Yeah, now, pe- shame on people you. Know that I run, people know that I run by his house daily, and now you've identified where that is. Hmm, Docs, uh, be careful. Julie, I do not like to have a public footprint, so I think you need to dial that back and keep that in mind as well. Yeah. All right. Well, we did have the guessing game over the um, supermarket that's near your house. So. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't my idea. So many We're giving things so away. And now that you can follow him on social media at William E. Docs, um, there's probably some other clues that you can find uh, where, Stop. where Docs actually lives. Stop this now. It's not a game, guys. Come on. Well, we've got a big show to get to uh, today, Julian Docs. Uh, excited to have former co-host of the program, Joanna E. Russo, will be joining us via phone from Syracuse. Uh, a lot to catch up with. Uh, you know, we, we catch up with Joanna regularly uh, every other month or every month. Uh, we have we like to have her sometimes co-host a show. Uh, but most recently, we want to catch up with her about what she's been up to. Docs, Julie, and I saw her in Atlanta and things have changed dramatically, obviously, since we saw her for the Olympic trials in Atlanta. Uh, she's been furloughed uh, at New Balance. Spoiler and I alert. I don't know what she's up to <laughs> or what she's up to, how she's feeling, all that stuff. Uh, also in today, pro- today's program, I want to talk some Olympics. Um, just, uh, you know, I feel like there's uh, news about the Olympics every, uh, every week. And I want to touch on some of my thoughts there. Uh, we've had some interaction from the listeners. We want to touch on that as well. Great to have the in- interaction. I've gotten some emails, some tweets. Um, we, uh, we'll go over some of those as well. But before we get to Joanna, um, I-, I always kind of want the, the, the update on how everybody's doing, anything big that's happened this week, anything cool, anything exciting that we can point our listeners to, you know, that everybody's kind of quarantined together. Uh, any good social media bits? Any good TikToks, Julie? Oh yeah, TikTok is my new thing. It so really Chris is. really gets upset because I watch it. 
I don't really do a lot of social media these days. I think people are very present on social media. My social media happens between like 9 p.m. and when I fall asleep. Yeah, because those are the times that she and I can actually talk. Yeah, but TikTok's fun. Like you can just watch people do amazing dances and and it's very positive if you Mm -hmm. choose the categories that are positive. Um, brings a little bit of, of liveliness um, better than better than reading the news all yeah, the time. That's, that's true. All right. I don't hate on that. So uh, if you're bored at home, Julie recommends TikTok. But uh, I was going to say in, in our world this week, in the NCAA world, they finally lifted the dead period, mm-hmm. which uh, for, for those who, who know the NCAA or follow the NCAA, you know, since the cancellation of the spring season, they essentially put all sports in what's called a dead period, which means there's no in-person contacts um, and there's no signing of individuals um, who are who are going to be, you know, rising freshmen in the NCAA. So we had a bunch of kids who were waiting in the wings who had verbally committed um, and we were not able to actually sign a financial agreement with them. Um, so today is a good day for us because we're starting to yesterday they were able to finally sign their financial agreements the dead period was lifted and so we're starting to announce uh, the rest of our incoming class including transfers Um, we have some pretty great transfers that are going to be joining us next year so a lot of that's coming out of the NCAA right now so a little bit of a breath of fresh air after a long period of, of kind of quiet for all of us. So a lot of work for her. So less TikToking for it's you. So a little less TikToking in the last <laughs> few days. I, I, I'm not trying to misrepresent. She's been crazy busy and working very hard. Uh, so uh, the TikToking is just something that I just wanted to highlight. I'm not going to misrepresent you either. You're too old for TikTok. <laughs> No way. Yes. No way. <laughs> TikTok yeah. is of all of all generations. Uh, I think it's yeah, You got to get I, into I, it to kind of get into it. I might it. be with you, Docs. I've enjoyed your social media uh presence recently, Docs, uh but there's no TikToking from Docs, I don't think, right? No. <laughs> Good. Excellent. Um I so- guarantee your viewership would be up though if you did, Docs. <laughs> I would have been great at at TikTok in my heyday. You would have. You would have. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, you guys all talk about all these, like, social media kind of things. I used to have my own TV show, which was basically TikTok. It was. He did. Um, if you could somehow get those out there, Docs, I, I mean, the, I mm-hmm. think the Pace the Nation audience would love, as they are quarantined, <laughs> would love to see. Can you put them on YouTube or something? He had his own public uh, access TV show in Charlottesville. Yeah. I, I don't know. Back in the day, I don't even know uh, if there was sound. Was there sound? Wow, you guys are really old. Was it, was it black and white, <laughs> too? Jeez. I don't know. I, I, I No, they were definitely talkies. Okay, okay. All right, so there was sound. I just remember some really good bits. Um, there was one that he was pushing a shopping cart around uh, yeah. the, the, the parking lot. <laughs> it was really good. It's, it's, hard, yeah. to, it's hard to make... Shopping cart pushing interesting. He did a great job. I know. That. Wow, way to go, Docs. Yeah. Yeah. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. I think that one's actually on YouTube. Oh, man. If you could tweet Let's find that it. out. If you could tweet that out at William E. Docs or at Pace mm-hmm. the Nation, we need, to, uh, we need to get that content out there. Uh, I'll, I'll see if I can find that. If, it, if, if it's still out there, I know that one was on YouTube. If it's still out there, I'll post it. Yeah, people are dying for, for, for content. I mean, he literally had a... 
he literally had a uh, a public access TV show that we would tune in. We would know that it was at nine o'clock. This is before like DVRs or I'm I'm, I'm acting like we're, <laughs> I'm acting like we're super old, but we're really not that old. But you had to tune yeah. in when you had to tune in. It wasn't like you could go and binge watch his. Uh, yeah, it wasn't on demand. No, it wasn't. So uh, and it was much harder to edit. I edited it with VCRs. Yeah, that's crazy that you had to like start and stop VCRs. Everybody has a, a telephone now that that records ridiculous video yeah. that you can edit on your phone. Uh, so like the production value is is should you know you should lower your expectations on production value. Yeah. Well, you you use the resources you had uh, at at you at at the time yeah. that were uh, at your fingertips. So, I think it was pretty awesome. I'd love to see some of those William Docs half hour hour videos. And why was it called the William Docs half hour hour? Well, it was an hour worth of laughs packed into the half an hour program. <laughs> we need more like that, though, Docs. You know, people are too long winded now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We pack it in. Pace the nation needs to be. We need to tighten up pace the nation. We do. We need to maybe. Yeah, we probably need a half hour show with the hour solid of content. I like that idea. I don't know how we do it though. I'm too long winded. Yeah, but uh, honestly, like Julie's watching these TikToks which have like an eight second limit. <laughs> I yeah. know. Well, and they like, grab eight seconds is eight seconds is is the uh, current attention span in this in this country, true. this world, whatever. Yep. Like you think a, a <laughs> half hour show is going to be paced well for an eight second attention span? That's true. Yeah, it's but not going to hold up. But Docs, that's an advancement from a couple years ago it was the six second vines <laughs> so we got eight second tiktoks like we're that's actually true. working on expanding that's our true. ability to concentrate that's a good point all right well uh let's get our uh next guest opinion on all this um i think she's going to vote yay on bringing back the william docs half hour hour content uh she's also going to vote yay that we talked about the weather on top yeah, of the show yes all right. Next up, uh, you remember, we remember her, uh, former longtime co-host of Pace Nation, now New Balance rep up in Syracuse, just all around amazing advocate, super fan of the sport. Joanna E. Russo joins us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Julie and Docs, we are joined on the phone by a familiar voice, former co-host of Pace the Nation. She helped start the show way back in the day. It's Joanna E. Russo. Joanna, what's up? I don't know if you guys like still talk about the weather on this show or not, <laughs> but um, I just want to point out that right now in Syracuse, where I'm broadcasting from, mm-hmm. it's snowing. We do, we actually talked about the weather today. Yes. So um, Julie was complaining. Yeah, it was like a wind tunnel on the way here. But you know what? April showers can mean two <laughs> things. They can mean April rain showers. They can also mean April snow showers. See, she, she's kind of taking a shot at me there because uh, I said April showers bring May flowers or whatever the saying is. Um, but uh, yeah, obviously they brought uh, snow shower. How much snow are we talking, Joanna? Uh, it's not, it's not really that much. I woke up this morning and there, like the cars were covered and there's a little layer on the ground. Um, but it'll melt by the afternoon. Okay. All right. Well, I thought it was a mild winter as we, you know, we're, we're going to get back to our roots a little bit here today. Uh, we got to talk dogs and weather and, 
um, maybe the long shorts as well. If, if, if we can uh, talk about those topics with Joanna, I think that's the, her comfort zone. Cause that's what pace nation <laughs> used to be. Um, so it was kind of a mild winter in Syracuse, right? Um, yeah, it was, it was actually, we had a snow, we had some snow, but it, this was actually pretty good. Everybody kept telling, everyone said that last year too. So I think they just say it every winter that it's just a mild winter. How disappointed were you? You move up there expecting like, you know, a foot of snow on the ground every day, I bet. Um, yeah, but when it does, it does snow a lot and I wasn't prepared my first winter here. Like I didn't even have boots or real winter coat. So, um, the, the first winter was rough. I, I was more prepared this winter. Got it. All right. Well, uh, we got the weather. Uh, the how's how's Luigi? Um, he's good. He's getting old. He's mm. like uh, like nine now, and he just sleeps all day. And he gets he's really grumpy if you like try to sit where he's sitting or move him. He's very grumpy. <sighs> it sounds like our dog. If we try to move our dog, uh, she is she gets very grumpy, but she's not old, so she'll attack us. Um, but. <laughs> Not not really attack, but just kind of tackle us, you know. It's fine. Um, all right. Well, Joanna, it's it's exciting to talk to you. Uh, last time that we saw you, we were in Atlanta, and that was for the Olympic trials. Uh, wow, what a different time and place and a different mood and just a different world, really. Um, that feels like it was a year ago. It's hard to believe it was only like a month and a half. I know it was like, you know, docs, you and I were at the finish line watching these athletes come through cheering on, you know, some friends, people who run for new balance, people who are in the industry, people we know, people we've interviewed. Uh, it was just su- such a great day. What, what do you recall from the, the, the trials? Uh, so I, the trials was I, in truth, kind of the beginning of things seeming weird in the world. I did not foresee any scenario where Emily, who's a New Balance athlete, wasn't on the Olympic team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I started to feel a shift in the world when Emily wasn't on the Olympic team. <laughs> that um, was it. That was the precursor. Was oh, no. <laughs> Don't tell her that. Oh, know, my goodness. Emily, hopefully you're not listening. <laughs> Um, but it was it was a really great day. It's really exciting to see um, newcomers, and and I'm always excited when it's an exciting race. I don't like to watch a marathon that somebody just runs away with, and you know they're going to win, and mm-hmm. it's not exciting to watch. So, so the men's marathon, essentially, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but but Atlanta was great. It was great to see you guys. It was great to see so many people um, from because there's there's so many people from the running community that were either running in Atlanta or had come to watch. So it was really um, it was a great weekend for the industry and for the sport. And it it was both for men and women like very exciting to watch the races um, and see everybody perform. So it was it was an awesome weekend. The last the last time that I saw people truly. <laughs> it's cra- It's really is crazy. I mean that for us. Um... Maybe Julie traveled again after that. Did you? I, I know, Docs, that was the last plane flight you've taken, mine too. No, it wasn't. I went to Florida right after that. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I went to spring training uh, down in Clearwater, Florida, and we went to the last game before everything was canceled. Wow. Uh, that's right. Yeah. I do remember you were in, in Florida. Um, yeah. And Julie, did you take a trip for the Georgetown between after Atlanta and any, and you, you did take a trip that weekend. Yeah, that was our last competition. So I left Atlanta Saturday afternoon, flew back to DC, did hall of fame at Georgetown and then flew the next morning to the big East championships, uh, which were just East of Cleveland, Ohio. But 
we did have one more meet. It was the ECACIC4A championships up in Boston the following weekend. I did mm-hmm. not go, but um, one of our coaches uh, or uh, several of our coaches did go. Um, but it was the following weekend where the NCAA championships were supposed to take place that it was finally canceled, the NCAA season. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was really the last weekend we were all together as a team. So, yeah, so right about that time frame, obviously, you know, it was, you know, there was a couple other trips, obviously, that even this group took. But uh, shortly after, uh, and we mentioned before uh, you came on uh, that you were furloughed, Joanna. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us what happened. So you work for New Balance. Everybody on this podcast who's listened to the show before knows that you work for, for New Balance. And, uh, you know, you've been in Syracuse for a little over a year. Is that right? Uh yeah, a year and a half. Coming year and a half. Um, and so w- what was it like when you got back and when did you, you know, realize that, um, you know, things could totally change at your job? Yeah, so I, from Atlanta, I actually flew back to my parents' house where Luigi was and picked up Luigi. We did go on a, a couple uh, visits to stores. And then later uh, that week when we got back to Syracuse, I had had some events that were scheduled for like March 12th. And the accounts called me and they canceled. And they were like, I don't know, it's like probably not the right time to have big group gatherings. Like we're going to call these off. Um, and then that, uh, that same day, my manager called me and he was like, I think it's going to be, everybody stays at home, cancel any events you have and don't travel, don't plan to travel for the next couple of weeks. So originally New Balance had all of its sales staff. And I think the tracksters too, were just, um, at home working. So mm-hmm. there's, there's still plenty of us for, there's plenty of things for us to do, even if we're not at accounts. Um, but then our stores started closing and obviously New York was um, one of the first clusters of COVID activity. So a lot of stores in New York shut down um, in mid-March. So pretty much all of my accounts were closed. And then, um, and then, uh, and they told us that they were going to furlough us for, for 90 days, which didn't for me did not come as a huge surprise. There's, uh, again, in New York especially, a lot of stores that are closing. The whole industry has changed. The landscape of where we are is very different. So it makes sense, um, given some of the federal laws that passed, to um, you know take people off the payroll and, and just put, put New Balance in a better position to bring everybody back when things settle down and, and the ship writes itself. So, so when, when uh, and I guess probably Sean, or somebody called you and told you you're going to be furloughed. You weren't, you said you weren't surprised, but emotionally it's gotta be, was that really tough? It's gotta be. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I, I said that I wasn't surprised because I sort of saw this coming once our store started closing and some of the other vendors had furloughed their staff. Um, I, you know, I thought about what what does this what does the future look like for New Balance over the next couple months? And while I was very grateful that they kept us all working, and, and certainly I was busy, I know that I wasn't working at 100% of what I would normally work at. So um, I knew that the phone call would come eventually. I just didn't know, you know, at what point they were going to decide that it was best to, to furlough us. And originally I was, um, I mean, I was upset. Like, you know, I this is the job that I wanted for so long and I'm, I'm finally here and it seems pretty uh, shortly into this job that now I'm furloughed. Um, But, but I think it makes sense and and I want a company to come back to. And uh, the way we do that is to make smart decisions um, that involve taking some of us off the payroll for a little bit to just take that pressure off of the company. 
Um, so what have you been, so you, you've been furloughed since what, what was the date you first got furloughed? So we were furloughed last Monday, but this, this is my first official week of not doing anything. So this week I am taking the week to just feel feelings and like do nothing. Mm -hmm. So, um, feel feelings. (laughs) (laughs) There's a bit of a grieving period that happens here, Doc. Come on. (laughs) Um, I mean, I like so I I think that coming to I was very comfortable in DC and moving to Syracuse last year, year and a half ago, whenever it was, definitely did um, force me out of my comfort zone and force me to get I think a little bit more in touch with myself as a person. And I am definitely a person that can spiral quickly. So you know, something happens <laughs> and then I see like you know months down the road how this is going to devastate my life. And this is something to very easily spiral about that like I'm furloughed for 90 days. What does the landscape look like in 90 days? Do I still have a job so um there's there's a lot of spiraling activities that could happen so like this week i can think all those thoughts and i can plan for scenarios but ultimately i can't really control anything so um i just want to like put myself in a good mental headspace to examine all the possibilities that could happen in the future and just be ready for them but not um not worry or focus on things that i can't control and that are out of like my realm of having anything to do with now, New Balance is obviously not unique in our, our industry. Uh, other vendors are furloughing uh, reps as well. Uh, all the reps, I think, at New Balance got furloughed. Uh, how important has it been to have like your your support group of like Trip, our local rep, who's been on the program <laughs> before? You guys are probably uh, in constant communication, I would imagine. Yeah, so we um, we've had a text chain of all the account managers at New Balance for I think a little over a year now. Um, so we are still chatting just as much as we ever did and we actually have uh, a furlough fitness challenge so we're we're all trying to uh, collectively run a certain amount of miles and do a certain amount of push-ups throughout these 90 days Um, and trip is obviously carrying the team with mileage (laughs) are you like breaking up in like different different uh regions uh, and, and on teams or anything like that no, we're just doing um, we're just doing a collective um, as a team trying to hit we're trying to hit a certain goal. So we've we've essentially made a sales goal for ourselves, um, but it's a it's a running goal. Uh, Trip is loving this. He's showing off all his mileage. <laughs> yeah, but Trip can't do push-ups, so right. he, he's relying on a lot of other people to carry him in the push-up department. Who's who's carrying the load in push-ups? You. <laughs> No, my goal is just to do one more than Trip. So whatever Trip does, <laughs> I just want to do one more than he does. It's so funny that Docs and I have like a uh, our group, uh, uh, the Kai Shai group, uh, the UVA cross country team from back in the day. We basically have the same thing going with our crew. It's really cool. <laughs> Docs is killing me with push ups, um, but uh, um, so I think that's great advice because there's a lot of people listening who are furloughed great advice to have you know this community of folks and interacting anything else that you can you know recommend or thoughts you have that are helping you kind of get through well you know i think that everybody is going to approach a furlough situation differently and obviously everyone's situations are different as well Mm -hmm. um so i think it's just i think it's important for people just to acknowledge whatever they're feeling and not try to bury it and not try to just act like everything's fine or 
you know, just, just acknowledge everything that you're feeling and then um, just come up with a realistic assessment of your situation and, and just control the things that you, you can control. And I definitely do. I agree with you that community is, in, is important. I'm, I'm an introvert. So like, I don't mind spending a lot of time with myself, but when you're forced to, and you can't see other people, it definitely is uh, a little tougher. So just like finding people to talk to and reach out to. And like my, my family has a weekly happy hour and some mm-hmm. of my friends in college, we have a virtual book club. So just finding people that you can connect with. Um, and just make sure that you're still like checking in with people and having that human contact. Yeah, Joanne, I was going to ask, and I know you're still kind of going through phases of, you know, accepting this. It sounds like you've got a great attitude towards the team at New Balance and an excitement and a joy to be able to come back when this is all over. But are there any hobbies, any things you're picking up, um, anything that you haven't gotten to do (laughs) in the last few years that you're like, all right, well, now I have the time. Like anything you're thinking about doing? Yeah. So, you know, I, and that's one of the things, a feeling that I felt for sure is, you know, I've been working since I was 14 years old and usually I was working at least two jobs and this is one of the first times in my life that I do not have a job. And, um, it's, it's actually been a little nice for me to, to focus on some of the things that I think I let slip. Like I don't, I don't always prioritize my running because I put work first. So it's been nice to, um, make sure I'm getting my run in. I'm finally doing some band work. So my glutes might actually be strong after this. (laughs) Um, and for years and years, I've been saying that I'm going to learn sign language and now I really, uh, can devote more time to it. So I have a little schedule set up for next week. Um, and I have certain, um, time slots of the day devoted to uh like uh, sign language or running or whatever whatever is on my schedule well you've really been killing it on i don't know if people can follow you on strava i don't know if you've got an open strava account or not but you've really been killing it on the the running side of things um except for there was a little blip last week for a few days but um, like I'm seeing like, those were long- feelings. Those oh, were those feelings. are the feelings. Feeling times. the feelings yeah, yeah, week. Yeah. I'm seeing like long runs, like 12 mile long runs at eight minute pace, like some really ridiculous good stuff. Well, are Stock you- much? <laughs> are you? Are you? Are you training? Are you training for something? I mean, there's nothing to train for. Well, so I was gonna. <laughs> oh my hell? gosh. This is where we insert that training for life. Quote. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, <laughs> I can't say it on the uh, on the air though because it's a little bit curse heavy. But right, right. Training right. for life. Exactly. All right. uh, Chris, running is not canceled. Right. Um, right. <laughs> you know, I was I was going to run the New Jersey half, mm-hmm. um, and I was going to run the DC half this year. So very disappointed that those won't happen. Well, the New Jersey half won't happen this month. Right. Um, but um, I'm still, I'm still going to race one day. So I look at this as just base building. Um, and I, and I feel good. So like, why not take advantage of that and just like get some good miles in uh, our listeners might be interested to know that Trip and I buried the hatchet. So oh, good. Good. Week, yep. he'll be coaching me again. Nice. Good. Next, next you can bury the hatchet and, with until Charlie. he insults <laughs> you again. <laughs> until he insults you. Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah. <laughs> Which will happen. Yes. Uh-huh. And you know, this week, uh, this weekend, I actually would have been in Boston because it would have been of Boston course. Marathon weekend, but it also would have been the 12th year of running the Boston 5k. I was going to yeah. ask you about that. That's got to be difficult. 
Yeah, but well, so right now that race has been moved to my birthday weekend. So uh, if that happens, it will be very exciting to run that race on my birthday. Um, so hopefully everything works out and we can still do races in September. But I'm also prepared for that might not happen. And then like Chris Farley, I'll have an asterisk next to my race streak. <laughs> Well, you'll, yeah, but you'll have an active race streak. You just won't have an active annual streak. <laughs> um, so, Joanna, uh, I, I'm, I, it sounds like you're doing doing awesome, and uh, I'm I'm thrilled that you've you know you've you've really harnessed uh, this time to to do productive things, which I think is is what everybody needs to be doing. Um, but uh, you will get back to work. Uh, 90 days is what, what they've said that you're going to be furloughed. Uh, my question for you, just from your perspective and your side of things, um, there's a lot of like uncertainty and trepidation around retail. Um, what do you think? What, what, you know, are we going to get back to what, what does the normal look like at, at, at specialty run? And is there a normal and when do we get back to that? Um, I can't, I cannot say for sure when, but I do think that we'll start to see some return to normalcy. And I do think that some of that will look the way that it used to look. But I also think that there's been a lot of projects that have been put on the back burner and run specialty because they weren't that important and you could get by without focusing on them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's things like uh, a website or mm -hmm. how run specialty stores were marketing, um, things like virtual fitting that maybe were ideas that people had and they're like, oh, that'd be cool if we could do that. But it wasn't, you didn't have to. And now that I think stores have been forced to examine some of those avenues and really hone in, like how does a virtual fitting work? How does bra virtual fitting work? I think that those are things that will only make the industry strong when we get back to whatever that normal looks like. I still think people are going to come into stores. They're still going to be walking on the sidewalk, want to come into a store and get fitted. But I think some of these other pieces of the puzzle that haven't really been put into place yet will make the industry stronger on the other side. How, how are you um, how, how are you doing your, your commerce or how are you, are you shopping for, <laughs> you know, uh, groceries or, or, you know, are you going – are you getting it delivered? Are you going out in a mask? Like what, what's going on with you? So I don't do the grocery shopping. Mm -hmm. um, I did in the beginning, like the first week that New York was in a stay at home position. I did go with my significant other to the grocery store, but then I, I thought it was just, it's too many people. Grocery shopping is not a, a two person activity. So it makes sense for just one person to go. And I don't pick fruit correctly. So <laughs> That's a, that's a Chris activity. Right. <laughs> um, so, our, so he does go to the grocery store. Um, but as far as other things, um, I have actually purchased some shoes from Pacers. Nice. Yeah. Didn't well, really, my, I didn't see that. Thank you. Well, my treat, it, it, they have, they haven't actually come yet, but my okay. treat for myself, uh, was to get a pair of TCs. So the fuel cell TC, yeah. um, I think just arrived at the store. So I wanted a pair of those as a, as a treat to myself. I'm running a lot. I think I deserve it. Yeah. Um, and then I do, I've been buying books, which I buy from local bookstores. Um, once a week we do take out from the local restaurants here in Syracuse and we also support our local breweries. Um, so just trying to like buy local as much as we can. Um, but I, there's, I mean, there's no stores to go to, so we're not really, we're not going out anywhere. Joanna, I like how you say that, that, uh, grocery shopping is not a team sport. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. 
You know, when this for, for <laughs> this thing first happened, I think I took our kids to the grocery store. I was like, what am I doing? This is ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, well, that was... it's already it's hard to keep six feet away from people in a public space like that. And it's just made so much harder if there's, you know, extra people that don't necessarily need to be there to complete the activity. Yeah. But yeah. I've always felt that way prior to COVID-19, like shopping at Whole, Whole Foods on 14th Street. when people are like there with their significant other, like their whole families is so annoying because the store is not big enough for like all of these people. One person gets things you need to get out. Right. <laughs> Well, that's the way people are doing business now. So maybe this new world you're going to enjoy. Um, oh, I can't wait. Maybe we need to do a whole series on how Joanna shops in grocery stores. Like what is grocery <laughs> store shopping etiquette in large cities, in small cities, in rural communities? Like what does this look like? Yeah. It, and it, it will look different in the future, that's for sure. But maybe we should have been talking about this all along. No doubt. Uh, I have been talking about this all along. <laughs> now you have an audience. Yeah. Um, Joanna, um, you you know, now that you're on the other side as a part-time co-host, but you're a listener of the program, um, I'm, at least I'm expecting that you continue to listen to the program. And that, that, that actually is my question. Are you listening to Pace the Nation currently? I am. Yeah. Of course, like you have to put me the week after you talk to Brian Danza, who's like doing good things in the world. And then I'm just like sitting in my closet. You're doing good things on my phone. You are doing you're doing good things. You you are. She's also struggling with with uh, puzzles that were designed for children. (laughs) (laughs) Are you doing puzzles? Uh, yeah, I've been, um, I did all the puzzles that I had in my apartment. Um, and now I'm waiting for my parents to send me some more puzzles. Okay. All right. That's good. All right. Well, uh, so I'm glad you're listening to Pace the Nation. I wanted to, I wanted you to, um, you know, now that everybody's quarantined and has to have, all of us have time, um, promote some old shows that you were on or maybe you weren't on. What were your, some of your favorite Pace the Nation shows for our new listeners, uh, to go back and listen to? Oh, man. Um, Putting you on the spot. I know. So, obviously, Tom Foreman. Yes. I think that is one of everybody's favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julie, take notes here. She she never really listened to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Let me grab a pen real quick. <laughs> Tom. Tom. Oh, my goodness. I, I wish I had, like, a list of them in front yeah. of me. There's, like, there, we've talked to so many people, and they've all been so interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I totally put you on the spot here um well i guess i only have to go back and listen to one episode now <laughs> thanks joanna yeah no problem just making it easy for you yeah. no she said all of them equal <laughs> um me... uh, i do not know like the chris well the christmas episodes i think were fun for us maybe they weren't uh interesting for people to listen to since we were just opening presents but i always had <laughs> fun recording those yeah um and you're right there are so many good ones that um that, that that is hard to it's hard to and pick making a lists, if i've learned anything from pace nation is that making lists is very dangerous yeah mm-hmm. that's probably true especially off the cuff yeah now maybe had farley uh been out of character and, and texted you the question ahead of time <laughs> so you could prep for it that's that's that, that is true that is a uh that's not his style that's not my style at all putting people on the spot i mean i'll just say i think um there were some, there was, uh, you know, some, some good ones, um, like, uh, 
you know, related to, to New Balance. I liked Claire Wood. I liked Keith Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've always enjoyed our, our episodes with uh, Matt Sinchowitz, senior and yes. junior. Um, yes. You were on a few of those. Uh, what did what did Coach call you, Smiley or? That's what he calls everybody. If you're not if you're not blonde, you're smiley. Smiley. If you're blonde, you're smiley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I thought those were good. Um, Even after issuing the warning uh, about making lists, this guy's just like committed. <laughs> I am. He's just committed. You know, there, there's the I mentioned Charlie Ban. Um, there's some some Charlie Ban episodes where um, you know. Uh, Joanna was uh, was was uh, kind of they, they were arch arch nemesis and you know the one the the one the last one I'll say is that there was a time that we would do tweets so if you oh, want right. a lot yeah. of Joanna um, she would host those episodes yeah she was the the host of those episodes that were they were probably two years ago or so um, it was a long time ago <laughs> May of 2017 so you know. Almost three years ago, um, there's there were some some tweets episodes. So, it is interesting that uh, when we used to do a tweets episode, we got a lot of tweets from our listeners. <laughs> when we stopped doing the tweets episodes, people didn't tweet us. It's true. Um, well, maybe we got to uh, we got to get back into that. Um, uh, It'd be quick episodes now. Once once uh, once after this uh, after this quarantine um, ends. Um, one other thing I wanted to, to bring up um, through, uh, you know, I think uh, what, uh, an interesting outcome from doing Pace the Nation was, um, remember the time when uh, we interviewed Brian Fetzer? That was probably, you know, three or four years ago. Um, and somehow, Joanna, after interviewing Brian Fetzer, who was the director of track and field and cross country at UVA, she ended up as an ESPN commentator the next week at one of their home meets. That's just looking back on that. It's just a funny, crazy story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you remember doing that, Joanna? I do. I do remember that, and and it was a one-time only thing, which maybe speaks to how good of a color. I thought you were awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you were. You were fantastic. I was riveted to the meet. I don't know if Julie had kids in that meet or not, but um, thank you for forgetting yeah. that I was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Julie. Yeah, appreciate Julie. it. Yeah, Julie was there. I was at the track meet. Uh, Farley, you dropped me off at the track meet and then drove back to the hotel to watch it on your iPad. That's right. And just left me at the uh, track. <laughs> right. That's right. I think if it, it we which we discussed on the show, but I, yeah. I like bringing that back up. I, I was like so confused and dumbfounded. Yeah. That was that was actually really hard to commentate on because it started. I think the first events were all the field events. Mm-hmm. So. For the first like 15 minutes of the broadcast, it was just all the field events. And then there were steeplechases and 10Ks, which are such long events. And when you think about having to fill the space of like 30 minutes of the same yeah. race, um, I have a lot more respect for commentators uh, that I watch on TV now. <laughs> I think it's really hard. Well, I thought you did an awesome job. It's just crazy that you were an ESPN broadcaster. Was that on your New Balance resume when you went to apply for the job? I don't think so, but I should bring that back up to them. <laughs> I, know. I know. Yeah. Um, all right, Joanna, last one from me. Um, Docs is, uh, you know, we're, we're looking for content, and I'm, I'm, I'm telling the uh, audience, you know, to listen to some of the previous episodes. Um, what do you think of, of, did you know that Docs did a public access TV show in Charlottesville? 
And what would you think of bringing that to the forefront, putting some of that content out there? Would you be in favor? Yes or no? This was the doc's half hour, hour laughs or whatever it was called. You got it. What's the official title, docs? The William Doc's half hour, hour. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I would be very much in favor of that. Okay. All right. I thought you might be. So we'll, um, we'll, we'll twist his arm. Docs, figure out a way to get some of that content out there. Well, some of it's already out there. Okay. Well, put I, it on I our feed. Have, um, I do have 30 minutes of free time on my schedule next week. So that free time <laughs> could be filled. YouTube searches. Yeah. <laughs> when, while we were talking, I, I, I will admit, while we were talking, I found it, I found it on YouTube. Ah, awesome. All right. So he's going to put that out there. Uh, Joanna, give us a review on Twitter or something. Let us know what you think. <laughs> uh, other audience members do the same. As long as everybody understands that this was a this was, you know, different times. This was made right. at a different time. Lower that bar. Yeah, the the, <laughs> the video quality, audio quality. Uh, yeah, it's not right. The video quality is bad. The audio quality is bad. Uh, I mean, you know, shooting this with like a standard de- definition camera, edited with VCRs, converted to digital format, and also like, you know there's there is a period in time when when creatively you're finding yourself and uh you don't necessarily want to share that time uh, right. with everybody right you know you you just want to put out the polished uh uh material not not the uh discovery time yeah so. it's like you know comics they they go and test out their stuff on you know just yeah. a few people and you know some of it falls totally flat so yeah we get it um you get everything here on Pace the Nation. You get the good, the bad, the ugly, <laughs> <laughs> unfiltered. Uh, Joanna, yeah. well, we, we miss you uh, here in D.C. Um, it's great to hear you. You're doing awesome. Um, and um, you know what? Thank you for the business, buying a pair of New Balance shoes. I, I'm glad it was New Balance. I was afraid that you were going to be like, yeah, I bought this other brand. I'm furloughed. So you know what? I'm going to take this chance to buy another brand. Uh, no, I would never. That's one of the reasons I wanted to work for New Balance is I love all their products and I and uh, especially the TC. I just I'm always impressed by what our design team can put together. Yeah, that's that's a really exciting shoe. We're glad to have a few pairs. We need more. We need more. When you get back to work, uh, tell them we need more. Okay, yeah, I'll get right first order of business. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's Joanna E. Russo. Of course, it's the E. Russo. Uh, she joined us. She's a former co-host of Pace the Nation. She joined us here on episode 231. Joanna, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Great to, great to catch up with you. Thanks, Chris. Good to talk to you guys. All right. There she goes. Great to talk to you as well. There she goes. Joanna Russo joined us on Pace the Nation. We're going to take a quick break. Be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to Joanna E. Russo for joining us on the program. Uh, If you're not following her on Twitter, uh, you should be. I'm sure if you're listening to this program, you are following Joanna E. Russo on Twitter. If you're not, it's Jotorious DC. I like how she still has the DC in her Twitter handle, but I think it's probably because she doesn't tweet much anymore. But anyways, no, actually, there was a tweet from uh, the 22nd of 
January, but all right. It's kind of like phone numbers, though, Chris. You can't really just like change a phone number anymore. You know, you just lose all your contacts, all your followers. You do those types of things if you want no one to ever speak to you again. (laughs) So give her a follow, uh, Jotorius DC on Twitter. Hey, I I have a I have a question. Yeah. Um, did you guys remember her? (laughs) Did I remember her? Uh, yeah, I I, I don't remember. Like she was on the show. <laughs> yes, uh, she was have, our first. I have co-host. no recollection of her. It yeah. was weird. That was a weird conversation. Yeah, um, I'm not tracking with what he's doing. Here. I'm not tracking either. <laughs> I thought it was an inside joke, and I didn't want to jump in and look stupid. So, um, yeah, she was our first co-host. Yeah, I have I have no memory of that. It's weird. I'm sure she's uh, she gets it. Um, Docs, um, I know you were, uh, while we just took a quick break there, I know you were uh, trying to find some of those clips from the William Docs half hour hour. Yeah. Uh, any success? Yes, I found them. Um, but let me let me just say this, at least. Um, they, the master copies were on a VHS tape, and I tried converting the entire episodes over, like, mm-hmm. 12 years ago or 11 <laughs> years ago, I tried to convert them digitally mm-hmm. and uh, doing the, an entire episode conversion, uh, the audio would get um, misplaced, you know? Mm-hmm. So I had to like move things over in small clips. And so w- what I moved over, I posted just the stuff that worked. So mm. it's it, there's not much stuff out there. I think I think like there's only five or six clips from, you know, various parts of the first two episodes. Uh, there's not much content already out there. All right. But the it, it's funny because the, the one uh, thing, the one clip that you mentioned was the shopping cart scene, and that's definitely out there. Nice. And part of the reason why that is out there is because uh, there's not a dialogue. Oh, got it. it. There, so is, there is audio, but there's not a dialogue, so it doesn't look bad. <laughs> Uh, when it gets when it gets um, offset. Got it. It would be like you hear the. It looks like your lip syncing is off or something. The audio track yeah. would not be synced to the uh, video. Yeah, that that was what happened with the first couple times Ooh. I tried to convert it. So then I just made uh, smaller files. Yeah, that's like um, when you're watching some like kung fu movie and they put it yes, in English. Yeah, yeah, those are those are tough to watch. I don't watch very well, many of them, but yeah. <laughs> well, but, maybe nowadays. Yeah. You um, and and I did I did find one. So while you were while you were calling me back, I I started to play the the one file. The video is awful. Oh man, <laughs> I, I'm pushing for this. I've obviously brought it up numerous times. We want to see some of this this week, and I think our listeners will enjoy it. Um, so send it to us at William e. Docs or at Pace the Nation. Make sure yeah. you follow on all those. Just make sure you clip it to eight seconds so I can manage it <laughs> yeah, from exactly. a from a uh, concentration yeah. standpoint. That's the problem. Is it like the shopping cart uh, bit is is five minutes long, mm-hmm. and and so that's why the the audio has a, a very long opportunity to get offset. Uh, if I was just doing these eight second clips from the get go, there'd be no issue with the audio. <laughs> I know. If you knew, if you only knew that eight seconds was the way to go, but all right, well, yeah. we'll look forward to seeing that this week, Docs. Uh, and thanks again to Joanna E. Russo for joining us. Um, 
whoever she is. <laughs> I, w- I wanted to talk about the Olympics again. I-, I think the news changes every week on the Olympics. Uh, this week, I-, I saw this AP article um, that uh, came out the 13th of April saying that the International Olympic Co- Committee will face several hundred million dollars of added costs because of the postponement of the Tokyo Games. Uh, that's what the IOC co- body's president said. Um, I'm okay with that. So that makes sense. Several hundred million dollars of added costs. That makes sense. Uh, estimates, estimates, and Japan- wait, yeah, go ahead. The, it's going to cost the IOC several hundred million that's dollars, or they're the, going to charge they're going to charge people several hundred million dollars. No, the IOC will face the several hundred million dollars of added costs. So I'm okay with that. They make so much money off the really? Olympics. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the Olympics, the World Cup, all of these like events, the NCAA tournament, they these people who who put these huge events on, they make billions and billions and billions of dollars off of their events. I'm okay if it's if if you know something happens and they've got the foot to bill. Well, so the other part of the story is that Japan says that it's going to cost them between two and six billion with a B uh, dollars that you know the IOC will be paying the several um, several hundred million but Japan is yeah. going to float the most of the, the cost uh, and that was an, according to an agreement that they signed it's crazy that these agreements have these like postponements in them um, yeah but, you know lawyers think of everything. But so Japan is really going to float the bill on the on the main costs. So yeah, that's true. That's that's the unfortunate thing. I don't know as much about the Olympics as I do like the World Cup. Right. I know when the World Cup uh, for soccer when that goes to different countries, usually it's a a profitable venture for FIFA, the the governing body, um, the, the the people who organize the tournament, and it's a a loss for the host country mm-hmm. and that's that's what yeah that's what japan's facing big time now yeah i just yeah. think it's a it's a huge crock like it's just way <laughs> too much money passing hands i don't even know why we have well, the olympics anyway hey, hey come on easy now <laughs> julie made the olympics and she's saying this come on just kidding I know. Come okay on. all right all right so oh, uh, i i mean it, the, it that's not far from the truth though i mean like they they have turned these um like ev- everything that happens these days is is a a for-profit event you sure. know and yeah. it's like we talked about this before it's like the last time tokyo hosted the the olympics they they made the olympics in the fall because of uh right the weather yep and now that they won't do that because it's just too much money on the line and it's got to be a summer event and you know whatever so i i just feel like they're they they're making so much money off of it that that they're also playing with fire and then something like this happens why why would i feel bad for them yeah and well, it's it's so i mean we could get into the olympic discussion but that's a huge can of worms is, right. but I mean, the athletes yeah. themselves make such little money in the whole thing. It's really about the honor of doing it for your country. Um, exactly. Which is an incredible thing. And, and um, But it is, an, it is amazing to think about how much it costs, how much Japan is now going to have right. to uh, pay additionally to be able to do it. Yep. Um, moving it by a year 
And, uh, you know, there's just so many ramifications to the athletes and their careers. Um, so many people who are, you know, maybe their contract is up at the end of this year and may yeah. or may not have funding to be able to even go for it next year. So it's just wild. The whole the, thing is wild. The last thing I want to say on this article um, that I think it's been a good discussion here is that also the CEO of the Tokyo Organizing Committee said the pandemic left some doubts on whether the games would actually go ahead next year for 2021. So I had never heard that there would be doubts that the games would happen in 2021. Um, they're but just the CEO of the no Tokyo guarantee. Organizing Committee. I mean, and maybe he's politicking because he doesn't want to pay all this money. I, I don't know. But well, that, there's a there's a large sunk cost uh, to the country of Japan for for the Olympics at this point. Um, but I I also think that it's it's fair to say that that we don't actually know uh, what's going to happen. In the fall of 2020, we don't know what's going to happen in the summer of 2020. You know, you look at at closures and all this kind of stuff, and and even professional sports in the United States. These these sports are in these leagues are just kind of pushing the league out. You know, two three weeks at a time right now. Yeah, right. Yeah. But but, but nobody knows when when they're going to start playing sports again, and and the Olympics has to be the same way. So. Uh, there's, there's no certainty with, with any of this right now. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, sports that are happening within a controlled country, right into, in a controlled space, uh, you know, not that, not that the U S is under control right now, but, um, in a controlled space where you can, you know, manage it a little bit different. It's, it's a very difficult thing. I would think to be trying to plan contingency plans, even for a year and a half from now, you think about the Olympic games, the amount of first world to third world countries that are involved. Um, the, the pandemic, it may take a really long time to hit, you know, different places around the globe. So, you know, it may be in our rear view, but it may not be for other countries. And oh, that's man. the kind of scary See, thing. To so think this about. is scary. <laughs> right, right now from a world view, Julie, if if you're the IOC, which is not an American uh, organization, the world view right now would be the United States would be banned from the Olympics. Yeah. Right. Based based on on the current situation, the of our, cases our, our current and, right, health situation. Right, right. So, yeah. uh, you know, when when you're talking about different countries and the ability and 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 people handling their their uh, COVID-19 outbreak differently it's that you just can't bring all these people from all these different places together and then have them go back uh to their own countries again yeah our strategy can't be hoping for the best <laughs> I know well I just wanted to bring it up because I was this was news to me that the Olympics might still not happen I mean that's just mind-blowing and hopefully not the case um but uh <sighs> It's so it's so far I'm gonna down hope the for line. The best. You, yeah. You'll have a you'll you'll have like fifty other events uh, between now and then. There's there's at least you know fifty other triggers that that will prepare you Set for whether precedent. or not the Olympics are going to happen. Yeah. I, as as a as a purely as a fan of of the event, I wouldn't even worry about the Olympics at this point. Yeah, and I think we've got about like. 70 to 80 episodes between now and then to discuss it <laughs> yeah, week know, over week so we've got some time all right yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a good call 
All right, this podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with six area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Uh, we are open for business curbside. Uh, we are open for online business. Our stores might not be open currently, but we are still conducting business. Get a, uh, get a virtual fit today, runpacers.com. We, we, we've got uh, expert staff who can get you fit virtually and uh, get you in a pair of shoes. We'll get it out the next day, the same day in, in, in some cases, and you'll have your shoes and you'll be able to get out on the trails and run uh, with your new pair of shoes from Pacers Running uh, almost immediately. So uh, a couple tweets that came in, guys, and I know we got a, got a hard stop here. Uh, a couple tweets that came in that I wanted to, to get to. Um, we had a we had a very excited Janine Flegel uh, who uh, won the contest that Brooks sponsored, uh, and she'll be getting a pair of shoes. Uh, she uh, tweeted back to the, the to us. I think direct message us some explicatives, and she was really so excited. So uh, that we oh, it's a good thing our underage intern didn't read that that <laughs> yeah, tweet. Uh, so we we mentioned her name. She was really excited. Well, we mentioned her name again. Uh, so congratulations, Janine. Um, also, uh, coming through Twitter, uh, a couple of, uh, comments on the Brian Danza, uh, uh, story that we, we, we told last week, uh, positive feedback there. So that was good. Um, also we had somebody who wanted to talk about social distancing on runs and to make sure that we were letting our audience know that please be respectful uh, of of the uh, CDC guidelines and make sure that you're social distancing on the on the on the on the runs. And I think that uh, can we talk about what that means real quick? Yeah, and I think Joanna probably said it best. And yeah, I do want to talk about it quickly. What it means? She said it. She said it best. Yeah, I, I, we we don't want to lose our right, uh, our privilege, not our right to go out outside and run. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's a, that's a good point. Um, and. What it means. Yeah, what does it mean, Docs, in your opinion? Well, th- this is not Liverpool, so everybody should be walking alone. Everybody should be running alone. Um, when, you're, when you're out there, run on the side of the trail. Mm-hmm. If you're with other people from your house and someone's passing you, uh, have everybody in your group that's, that's together, which is hopefully just like two or three people tops, have everybody make room. They all need to go to the same side of the trail, not not to both sides of the trail. You got to make room so that people can get by. Yep. I I was running the other day in my neighborhood. Uh, I was running down the sidewalk, and there was a woman running on the sidewalk towards me on the same side. I went out. I I, I made sure it was safe first. I went out into the street so that she could stay on the sidewalk and and we had over six feet separating us. Instead of saying hello to me, she said, thank you. That's cool. And it, it, it made me feel like maybe not enough people are doing this. Um, but, but definitely respect the other people that, that you're running with. And, you know, when you're passing somebody or, or you're approaching somebody, get yourself at least six feet. I, I saw something that said, and this might be be difficult for our young listeners, but uh, 
pretend like everybody's smoking a cigarette you know and you you want it you want to give uh you want to give that six feet space so that you're not inhaling their smoke right now when when we were all young people used to smoke in bars which was which is insane it's crazy Uh, but but i but i think that you can have that mentality of like you know that when you when you're at a bar and somebody lights a cigarette you you would try to get that that social distance from them because you don't want to smoke their cigarette. Do the same thing outside when you're on the trail. Pretend like they're smoking a cigarette and get yourself at least six feet away. I, I, I will direct something at the guy who followed me for half a mile last week. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> when we talked about having that same experience. Docs, I think it's important to note too, I mean, so many people are used to kind of being in their own space outside, like they've got music on, they're listening to podcasts, and they're not aware of their surroundings. I would say, you know, for the res- out of respect for the people that you're around, if you are on a crowded trail, like you should be a little bit more aware of what's happening around you so that you can give that six feet so you yes. can hear that person coming behind you. So you're not looking down, you're looking up, you're paying attention um, to be respectful of the people around you, to be respectful of the cyclist that's coming. Um, whatever that is, I think if we get too like literally tone deaf yep. when we're out there, um, it's hard for us exactly. to be that respectful. It, it's also good to keep reminding everybody that you don't have to feel sick to be a carrier and and that's not your your indicator so as long as this thing's out there people can catch it so we need to be social distancing and limiting limiting the ability of this thing to jump from person to person you know if if your friends and your family don't look sick they could still get you sick this should be obvious for everybody Please uh, do not be running in groups. If you if you don't live with somebody, don't meet up with somebody and go for a long run with them. If you're if you're going to attract, stop it. Like the I don't know, Julie. You you talked a couple weeks ago about how you know when the when this shutdown first started, and then there's like 150 people out on the track. Like even if you're going to the track by yourself. Uh, if you're if you're going somewhere, you're gathering somewhere, and there's a bunch of other people there. Go find somewhere else to run. Like the, these are the kind of things that that uh, runners should not be doing. Runners need to be more mindful for the community. Yeah. Well, uh, I I agree. I think um, it's just uh, it, it just be mindful of it. So that's our PSA, and I appreciate uh, Todd Usher tweeting that in. And you can always tweet the show. It's at Pace the Nation. All right, Docs. One new sponsor that we're adding to the arsenal of Pace Nation sponsors today. Uh-huh. And by, uh, why do you sound like you're on the phone? <laughs> In full disclosure, <laughs> this is kind of a post-show. Uh, you're doing your magical editing thing oh. right now. So full disclosure, I'm at home and I couldn't make it into the studio. You were just so, in the studio one, you know, one minute ago. It's weird. I know. That's true. Okay. Well. So we have another sponsor. Uh, I'm sorry. You go we ahead. We have another sponsor to add to our arsenal. Very excited to bring on Random Row Brewery. I've heard of um, them. Yes. Uh, now, also for full disclosure, as we're pulling back the curtain here, uh-huh. uh, you and I are partial owners of uh, Random Row Brewing. Small owners, so yeah. Small, we have a small, small interest uh, in it. So, oh, I, I was saying um, I'm, I'm small in stature. <laughs> so it's uh, 
So, you know, I, I don't want people to think that um, we're promoting, because I think there's rules against promoting things that you, but, you know, there's no rules here on Pace Nation. They are, um, <laughs> the rules are there are no are, rules. They are a sponsor of the program, and we're excited to announce uh, that you can get Random Road beer delivered to your house here during this pandemic and hopefully afterwards. Um, it's great beer. I, um, you know, I, I'm, I, it's well documented that I'm a Miller Lite guy. Yeah. But, uh, you like to wear I, long I, shorts and drink Miller Lite. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. But I've, I've gotten, uh, some random road, uh, beer delivered here. And I've got the hazy Dippa and the hazy Pale Ale. Uh-huh. And you know what? I've been really enjoying, uh, them in, in this time of need where I drink pretty much every single night. I mean, but everybody's uh-huh. done. Yeah, um, I, I, night. I like that you called it a dippa. I think people will enjoy that. What, did, I, did I butcher the name? Well, it's a double IPA. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I, whatever it is, yeah, um, it's really good. Uh, that's a strong spot. That's a that's a really strong. Uh, well, it's a double uh, sponsor read for them. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying it's a strong so, beer. Yeah. Well, it's got to be str- twice as strong um, as a regular IPA. So, so I also uh, now people are asking, where can I find Random Road Beer? Mm-hmm. Would you like me to uh, ask you that support? right now? Yes. How? Okay. Yeah, where to where can I find Random Road Beer right now? Well, thanks for asking, Docs. Go to coldcountrysalmon.com, and you could find Random Road there. Uh, our friend Zach Coberson. He was on episode 125. Correct. Uh, you know, he's he's the guy who um, ran with Docs in, in high school, and he sells fish. Right. Um, some of the best salmon uh, on earth, and he's selling his salmon there, and he's also selling a number of other uh, a n- number of other items that uh, you you could probably get at the um, at the. What do you call those farmers? Markets? The farmers markets. Yeah, he's he's farmers partnered that are no longer happening. Well, there there are a few farmers markets, and they're like still going on, and they're uh, totally social distancing. So it's it's a mm-hmm. a very strange process. Uh, but he has partnered with um, a lot of other businesses, and his team, his his group, his company, whatever, uh, they started doing um you know free local home deliveries. Uh, in the D.C. area, in Charlottesville, um, maybe a few other places. I don't know. Uh, you could check it out on his uh, um, website. But uh, if you go to coldcountrysalmon.com, click on online ordering, free local home delivery, you can see all yep. the products that they've partnered with. And one of the pro- one of the partners is Random Row. Excellent. So we urge you to go there now. Uh, support local, uh, support, uh, our, our, our brewery, Random Road Brewery, who is a brand new sponsor to Face the Nation. All right. Great show, guys. Episode 231 in the books. Thanks again to Joanna E. Russo for joining us. It's JoToriusDC on Twitter. Give her a follow if you're not. Um, Docs. Julie, another uh, episode in the books. Well done, guys. Yeah, it's uh, it must feel a little bit weird to be ganged up by 
by the uh, middle initial crew. When <laughs> Joanna comes on the show, you uh, are in the minority. It's Julie, Cully, William E. Docks, and uh, Joanna E. Russo. That's a good point. He's always in the uh, minority. Yeah, true. Yeah, hey, you're right. You're right. It's just outnumbered by one more. Tough life I live. All right. That's William E. Docks for Julie Cully. I'm Chris Farley. This is Face Nation. We'll see you next week. How's it going? Oh, it's going okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow, super yeah. uplifting there, Farley. Well, we're not recording yet, so I want to. So know. let's be real. Yeah, let's be real. I'll be real with you. It's. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe we're in a global pandemic, and um, you know, when we were in Atlanta, it was just such different times. It's incredible. Um, that was one short month and a half ago. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah a lot, a lot has on. happened in that it time. Has. But you know what is what has continued on is pace the nation. We've soldiered through. Chris, are you sponsored by the phrase "There she goes"? <laughs> that is a crutch phrase for me. There's a song. There she goes. You know. There she goes. Big show. There she goes. Yeah. Oh boy. We will. Go ahead and tell my dog to cheer up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>